0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Paid in Full podcast. I'm your host, Joe Rouch, and this is episode number 19. Ah, this has been a week. Um, we're living through a, a really just dark and disturbing time right now, and I, I hope you guys out there listening are okay and taking care of yourselves mentally, physically, um you know the shooting of Jacob Blake the disgusting police brutality that we keep on seeing and enduring um you know on top of that Chadwick Boseman passed it's just a lot um you know we we still are in the midst of a pandemic the political climate is insane the economic climate is just in shambles and um a lot of people out there I know we're struggling right now, uh, struggling to work, struggling to make ends meet. And I I just, you know, I'm throwing this out there. You know, if you guys need help in any way, uh, if you need to talk, if you need some financial support, just, you know, reach out. Um, I do have some resources and I'm totally down and happy to help in any way I possibly can. You guys are, are, you know, supporters of my platform of this podcast and I'm supporters, I'm a supporter right back to you and right back to the community. So, you know, um, just let me know, reach out and I just want to make sure that you guys are mentally um, taking care of yourselves through this time. We're all undergoing some type of trauma and, you know, obviously this podcast is, you know, a way to me to educate about the music industry, but, um, you know, we got to care for each other, obviously, as people too, and uh, just as a community as a whole. So um, I hope you guys are doing okay. Again, if you need to reach out, if you need someone to talk to, please feel free. Um, If you go to therapy, make sure to schedule a session. If you haven't started therapy, you should. Um, You know, I'm a big mental health advocate. I've been going to therapy myself for the past 10 years, uh, actually more than that, uh, it's done tremendous things for my life uh, so I, I encourage you all um, if you have that uh, option and uh, you want to explore it please do but at the very least talk express yourself get in touch with your feelings because the world is a is a really dark dark place right now so um, let's just let's just keep making it through so um, you know week by week day by day all right. Um, Also, just uh, some more little housekeeping. We still have the fundraiser going on. Um, Definitely appreciate everybody contributing. And uh, it's been amazing. If you want to contribute, if you're a new listener, uh, or if you're just a continuous listener and want to contribute, please do at paidandfullpodcast.com. Just donate right through the site. Also, if you want to participate in um, getting some of the financial support, you can apply there through the site too, or just hit me up, uh, find me through the site, contact me, or uh, hit me up through Instagram. I'm responsive, so just get in touch. Also, uh, if you ever want to do some coaching, I've been hosting coaching on the weekends, uh, you can pop onto my calendar and schedule some time there as well. Um, And that's all through the site, paidinfullpodcast.com. All right. Now, on to today's topic. So last episode, I talked about record deal um, terms. You know, the the just in traditional record contracts, what are some of the most important terms? Now, today, I'm gonna switch the focus to publishing contracts, specifically what are called co-publishing agreements, uh, some of the most traditional type of publishing agreements, okay? So the terms we talked about with record contracts, um, are very, very similar in publishing. They just kind of function in some unique ways, but um, there are a lot of parallels to pull from. So if you understood last episode, then uh, this one should be pretty, pretty easy to grasp because these concepts are the same. Um, and I suggest you listening, you listening to last episodes again because um, I did dive a, a little deeper there. But um, yeah, today we're, we're going to jump into co-publishing agreements, what to look out for, the most important terms, and understand publishing a little bit more. So if you're a songwriter, this is for you. That means if you write lyrics, if you write music, if you write anything that has to do with a song, then we're talking about publishing, okay? doesn't mean, you know, you don't have to be the person recording it or anything like that, you just have to be somewhat participating in the songwriting, which makes you a songwriter, which makes you own some publishing. And, um, you know, when you think about, you know, it's time to get a publishing deal. These are the things to look out for. Now, uh, just to be really clear today, uh, I did mention we're talking about the co-publishing agreement. So this is not necessarily we're talking about the administration agreement. Uh, We're talking about co-publishing, and in co-publishing, this type of agreement, you actually give up an ownership share of your composition. So the way that breaks down, just a little recap, um, you know, and I talk about this in past episodes, but let's just recap here. When we talk about publishing, remember, when you write a song, there's two sides to it. There's the writer share, that's one half, and then there's the publisher share, so just you know, let's go through the quick exercise. Think about it like a pizza, right? And uh, you 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 cut right down the middle of that circle, right down the middle of that pizza. Cut it right in half. Half of the pizza is going to be the writer share. The other half is the publisher share. So if you wrote it, the song in its entirety, a hundred percent, that means you wrote a hundred percent of the writer side and a hundred percent of the publisher side. So it's on each side, you own both sides, you own both halves, so you own 100% of the song. Now, when you do a co-publishing deal, in those deals, a co-publishing deal, the publisher takes 50% of your publisher share. So let's go back to that pie. If we have that, that pie or that pizza, however, whatever circle you wanna use. You cut it right down the middle, you have the writer share, and then the publisher share, the publisher half, the second half right there is cut in half, and you split that side 50-50 with the publisher. So it kind of looks like you get all of the writer half and then 25% of the, the, the other portion, so kind of like half of the publisher share. I have a great visual of this on my Instagram, so you can check that out. But basically, the split means you get 75% of the total song and the publisher gets 25% of the total song because if the song is 100%, you get 50% from your writer, 25% from the publisher, and they get the other 25% publisher, which totals 100%. So often you'll hear this as, um, sometimes people refer to it as a 50-50 deal, um, but it's actually more commonly known as a 75-25 deal because that's really the splits. Yeah, you're splitting the publishing 50-50, but the entirety of the song is 75-25 because of that writer share that you maintain. All right? So know when you're doing a publishing deal or, or a co-publishing deal, it's actually a 75-25 overall split of the song. Okay? But you want to be super clear about that. And when they, um, they'll own that 25% of the song. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But this does have to do with ownership. Now this is different from what's called an administration deal. In an administration deal, you own 100% of the rights and you basically do a deal with a publishing company and they manage your catalog for an administration fee. So they don't own any portion at all. No publishing, no nothing. They just manage it. And take a fee of your income, usually 10 to 15%, could be as high as 20% in some cases, but that's the difference. So when we talk about co publishing, that means the publisher will have an ownership interest. When we're talking about administration deals, they don't own, okay? But today, we're talking about co publishing because this is. Um, a very, very, very popular deal that a lot of writers get, producers get, when because producers are often writers, obviously. So when they do a deal with a major publisher, uh, they'll often do a co-publishing deal. So let's get right into it. Starting off in a co-publishing deal, the first thing, same like we saw with the record deal, the first thing you want to look for is the term, right? That means how long are you in this deal for? So that's the first thing you want to pay attention to. Now, the term is often based around a delivery commitment. So what songs are you delivering to the publisher? And it kind of, you know, similar like we saw with the record deal, it'll say something along the lines of, you know, the deal will be, um, it'll, they'll probably mention something about contract periods, which mean um, basically a contract period lays out the term, of kind of your delivery and all your rights and, and what you have to do. And they'll they can there can be multiple contract periods. So maybe it'll say something like, this term will extend for three contract periods and will start from the date of this agreement and end on the, you know, 12 months after the last day of the contract period or within, you know, six months after you deliver your final contract. Uh, song for that delivery commitment, so it'll say something about that. But like I said, similar to like what we saw with a record deal, it's kind of based around when are you delivering your songs, when are you basically upholding your commitment to this deal, and then you have to look for what is the la- the the latter date of um, of of your delivery because that's going to determine when your deal actually expires and when it ends. Now, also, this has to do a lot with recoupment too, which we'll get into a minute. But um, just because you deliver everything, just because you deliver your songs to a publisher, if you're unrecouped, your deal does not end. You have to be recouped. So um, fully recouped for you to to, to, to be out of that deal. Now, sometimes there's option to repay your recoupment. So say um, you've recouped a lot of it, but you're, you're just hanging on for maybe uh, you have a little bit more money to recoup. Uh, you can pay that back. There's usually interest involved. But you always want to look at those kind of two factors, what you're delivering and when you're going to recoup. And that'll determine when your deal is up and, and when you can get out of that. So that's why you have to really focus on the term, really understand what when it starts and when it actually ends. Um, because just because you, you deliver something doesn't always mean you're fully out of your deal. Um, I've seen many, many times where people feel that way, and they're like, look, I, I upheld my commitment, I've done everything. It's like, yeah, but you're unrecouped, and based on this language, you can't really leave this deal until that fully recoups. And oftentimes, I've seen people stay unrecouped forever. So you definitely want to make sure that you're recouping at a healthy rate, and uh, you understand exactly when that deal is going to end. Now, the second component that we're, that's super important to, to understand after the term um, is basically the scope of the agreement and understanding your delivery commitments and understanding things like your the, who owns what um, and the, the different rights. And this is very similar to kind of a rights paragraph in a record deal. Now, when we talk about the, uh, delivery commitment, in publishing... Because it's based on songwriting and you can have, you know, you can write a certain portion of a song, it will say something like this. Let's say your delivery commitment is three 100% songs per contract period. All right. So let's say a a contract period is like 12 months and you have to deliver three 100% songs, something like that, right? right. And there's nuances to this. I'm just giving an example. And again, this is all in a general sense. There's so many ways to cut the pie of of these types of agreements. So this is purely general. But the point is, I want you to understand what actually consists of a delivery. So if it says something like three 100% songs, that means you have to write 300% worth of music and be credited 300%. So it's not just, hey, here's three songs that like I co-wrote on. You could deliver three songs, but you only may be like a 10% writer or 25% or even 50%. So just because you deliver a song doesn't actually mean it's 100%. The 100% refers to 100% of the songwriting. So if you have to do 300% songs, you have to deliver 300% worth of written shares, written music. So for example, Let's say you wrote three songs and you're, you wrote it with somebody else like a producer uh, who did the music, you did the lyrics and you guys split that 50-50. So you deliver three songs and you're 50%, uh, you have 50% credit on each of those songs. Well, you've only delivered at that point 150% worth of music because 50 for one song, 50 for the second and 50 for the third. So yeah, you delivered three songs, but in terms of shares... You've only delivered 150%. So you have another 150% to go to hit your 300 mark. That's what I mean. And this can get really confusing because some people are like, oh, I just did a three song deal. It's like, no, you didn't. Sometimes it can take maybe 10 songs for you to hit that 300%, um, you know, if that's your your contract, uh, because maybe you only have 30% on each song. And so you know, you have to write 10 songs with 30% because you wrote it with two other people or maybe less, maybe you only get 5% on one song, uh, 10% on another. So it really depends on how much ownership of that song, how much songwriting credit you get. That's what you have to pay attention to in these publishing deals. So, uh, that, that's an easily confusing point for a lot of songwriters. I, I get asked this all the time when, um, you know, I've I've consulted on agreements. They're like, oh yeah, um, I'm only doing a 10 a song deal. I'm like, what do you mean a 10 song deal? Do you mean a thousand percent? I was like, let me look at the contract. It's like, yeah, you owe a thousand percent shares. That's a big deal. 10 songs, a hundred percent. That's going to take a while, especially if you're a co-writer and you're writing with different producers, songwriters, top liners. Um, Yeah, it, it can take a long time to hit that number. So definitely make sure, you understand, um, and you have an expectation of how much you know you're going to be writing in a in a specific deal, because yes, you know you could you might not be getting a ton of uh, credit on that song, so something to definitely keep in mind of. Um, now, also, when we talk about the delivery commitment that's uh it's also you know commonly known as the the MDC minimum delivery commitment. Now there's also something called the MDRC. That's the minimum delivery and release commitment. So that part can also be in a lot of agreements and often it is meaning you may deliver you know three songs so say hey I hit my delivery commitment but if those songs aren't actually released then They're not really, you know, worth much. That means they're not going to be recouping. That means they're not going to be making money. So a lot of times in publishing deals, they're going to require that those songs actually not only get released, I mean, not only get delivered, but also released. And sometimes they'll have on, they have to be released on major record labels. So and they'll list that like Warner, Universal, Sony. So not only do you have to deliver three songs, but maybe they'll say, okay, you could deliver three songs, but two of them have to be released on major labels because otherwise it's it's just worthless to them. Then they're not going to be able to recoup your advance. Um, and yeah, it, it doesn't really do much if the songs aren't released. So you could write a hundred songs, but if nothing gets released, then yeah, you're you're still in your deal. So that's the other component. The the component here is looking at the release commitment and what that is. And it's not always based on your delivery. Sometimes I've seen it, they're like, look, deliver six songs, Um, half need to be released. So three songs actually need to be released. Now, the other thing um, dealing as a songwriter is like, look, it's very natural to write tons and tons of songs, right? So they may have restrictions on what is actually deemed as delivered, uh, meaning they have to approve it. Um, It could be an informal process or a very formal process. But just because you write, you know, tons and tons of songs doesn't mean they're going to be basically approved as a deliverable, let alone released. So sometimes in deals, you'll have a lot of songs that uh, don't, you know, go under you know, basically don't go towards your delivery commitment or your release commitment. So they're kind of these unexploited songs. That's what you'll hear a term in a lot of agreements. They use the term unexploited, right? Basically, you have all these songs that were written during the term, but they didn't really do anything. Well, in co-publishing agreements, more than not, they also own those too. And they'll own full ownership of that. Now, sometimes in these agreements, you'll have a chance to maybe when the term expires, that those songs can be reverted back to you, at least the unexploited one, because you're like, look, if you guys aren't going to do these, let me get my songs back and maybe I can still do something with them. But you have to be really careful and make sure that language is in there because again, you can be in a publishing deal, you can write a hundred songs, three get delivered or approved for delivery, three get released but now you have 97 other songs that you wrote or co-wrote on that didn't do anything because you're just writing demos or um, drafts or whatever you want. You know, as songwriters, you know, people write several songs a day. The publisher still owns that because you wrote them during the term. So they will own their portion of all of those songs as well. Also, what you have to look for in these kind of scope area of these agreements is, is this only for newly written songs or prior songs as well? That's something you have to be super aware of because um, you may have written songs prior to the term that may fall under this deal and they'll control your back catalog as well, especially if they haven't been exploited. Uh, Sometimes a lot of publishers will want that because if they're signing you, they're basically investing in your future success. Well, guess what? If they invest in your future success, that means your future success will actually help your past. People will dig into you; they'll look for your other songs. Um, those can get traction, so your whole catalog can actually build value. So a lot of times, publishers will want the entirety of your catalog, especially if this is your first deal. Um, meaning, if you you know if you haven't done a, a publishing deal before, and you're not switching to somebody. If you're if you go from being independent and then enter a publishing deal. Very, very common that um, if your back catalog is not represented, they're going to want to include that too. So, definitely something to make sure. What exactly are they controlling? What do you have to deliver? And what do you have to commit um, in terms of uh, reaching that release commitment as well? Because um, all those things can one really factor into how long your contract will extend. And uh, you're also your obligations as a songwriter. So you really, really want to understand exactly what you're signing up for, because um, oftentimes it it may seem like a lot more than uh, what you expected. And again, I've talked to many songwriters where that's the case. So definitely understand the scope. Now, a couple other things in there, too, that are just really key things. They're going to define their ownership so that um, basically they'll say, look, we own a 50 percent right in the. Um, publisher share, they'll in, in ownership of that copyright, that language will be in there very clearly. And it'll often say in perpetuity, sometimes it'll be for a long term. If it's a term based deal, like for seven years or 15 years or 20 years or X amount of years, whatever it is, it can be, Hey, we own the copyrights for a certain length of time, but usually it's for perpetuity, meaning they're going to own that forever. Another portion that's going to be in perpetuity is called the administration rights. So not only do they want to own the the portion of the publisher share, they're going to want to administer your whole share of the song as well. So administer all the rights to that because that's how they basically can effectively manage the song, collect all the royalties and, um, you know, and then they'll pay it out respective of those shares but they're going to want the administration rights. So not that, you know, they're going to own it, but they also want to administer your rights in that as well. And that's a very common thing to do. Now, sometimes at the expiration of a term, what can happen is that they'll still own their portion. So that 25% of the songs they'll own, but they'll also just want to administer your share for the life of the song afterwards. So even after the term, your songs are still stuck in that deal. You can carve out, to administer your share once the deal is done. I've seen a lot of writers do that too, especially if you have good lawyers, because maybe, you know, um, you want to bring your catalog somewhere else, at least you're 75%, you want to bring it into somewhere else. Maybe you want to self-administer. Maybe you work with an independent administrator that's just going to be more hands-on with your specific catalog. Um, And, you know, if if you're out of a deal, you want maybe more independent representation of actually like your share So sometimes you can actually carve out your administration rights once the deal expires, So um, once that term expires. So just some things to kind of, you know, keep in your mind of how these deals actually work. You have to understand the ownership rights and the administration rights, what they're administering and for how long. So all of this is going to be outlined in that scope of the agreement um, in that rights paragraph in the granted rights paragraph It's all right there. So don't overlook that. You know, when your lawyer's reviewing this, make sure you understand exactly uh, your rights because all these things can definitely make a difference. Um, And these are standard things, these aren't like out of the box things. So just key things you really need to know. All right. Now, kind of moving on, um, and there's a lot of other things in that rights agreement, too. um, In that rights provision, is like, you know, there's approval rights, there's. just different, different, um, you know, they define like what consider, you know, how they're going to exploit it, what the copyright is. Um, they they go through a ton of different definitions, um, authorizations, you know, issuing mechanical licenses, issuing first use licenses. There's a ton of stuff in that rights uh, granted paragraph. So, um, but those are, I, I just wanted to highlight kind of the things that really stick out that are um, easily to, to kind of digest and important, especially in negotiations. All right, moving on. We talked about the term, we talked about your commitment, the release commitment and the delivery commitment. And we also talked about the rights. Now, number four, we're going to talk about the royalties. Now, very similar to the uh, record deal. This is all about your splits. How much royalties are you getting? but in a publishing deal it's based on different types of income now this is different with a with a record deal because you're kind of dealing with more with like record sales and streams and things like that where publishing you're dealing with so many different types of income so the breakdown with a publishing deal really comes down to four main types that they break out your percentage first they're going to talk about mechanical now, if you've listened to the past episodes, you guys know what mechanicals are, but in case you didn't, I'm just going to give you a quick overview. Mechanical is like CDs, uh, vinyl, digital downloads, also streaming, anywhere um, that basically your, your song is attached to a recording and that recording is getting played um, or, or sold in a physical format or digital format. Those are mechanical royalties. Uh, they can also be called DPD, uh, digital phonographic deliveries. So um, basically, those are I are, are like digital mechanicals, right? So, but streaming is a big part, and that falls into the mechanical. So your Spotify money, your Apple Music money, all of that streaming income, um, there is a mechanical component, and that split is going to be outlined as 75-25 because that's the ownership, right? You own 75% of the song they own 25. So it's going to be listed is that they have a 25% interest in that income. And it's going to be based on net. And um, basically because there's, you know, there can be different fees um, from third party companies that take fees off the top from international, um, you know, sub publishers, there's different fees that can be taken off the gross before your royalties actually trickle down to you so it'll be based on net income. You'll definitely see that language in there. So basically, it's that 75-25 split mirroring what your ownership share split is. One thing to pay attention to, this goes back to the administration rights. Often, a lot of agreements also include administration fee. Not all of them. If you have a really great lawyer, they'll carve that out. But Sometimes they'll say our administration fee will be 10%. Sometimes they'll say it'll just be 5%. So your split here, the mechanical share, it'll still be 75, 25, but there'll be another paragraph that says basically they can take 10% off everything before that split happens. So it kind of gives them a little bit more money and that's because they administer the rights. So you always want to try to carve that out. Um, I mean, that's just my kind of like way of thinking about negotiations, but Uh, Look, there's reasons why they put in a lot of work to administer. I I totally understand the splits and why they want to include a fee. But if you can negotiate it out, great. But more importantly, understand exactly how those royalties are going to come back to you so you understand, um, you know, exactly how much you're getting once money starts flowing. So mechanical, 75-25 split. All right. Next is going to be public performance public performance. This is like ASCAP, BMI, CSAC. This is all your performance royalties. This comes from radio. Um, there's also streaming streaming generates public performance royalties. Um, anywhere, I always say like anywhere your song could be heard. So this can come from like live performances. This can be generated from even TV. um, After you get a sync and if something is syndicated multiple times, you can get performance royalties based on what's on TV. So there's a lot of ways you can generate public performance royalties. And this, uh, uh, this comes through, like I said, ASCAP, BMI, your performance rights organization that you're affiliated with. Now, Something to keep in mind here when you affiliate with ASCAP or BMI or CSAC, you will get two different types of payments. One directly for your writer share that goes directly to you, to your house, to your individual bank account. Then they're going to do a payment for your publisher share. That payment for the publisher share goes to the publisher. The publisher will then take 50% of that because remember, they own 50% of the publisher share. So ASCAP, for example, they'll send over the publisher check to your publisher. They'll then split that check 50-50 and pass it over to you, your remaining percentage of that, because it's a 50-50 split of the publishing side, of the publishing share. All right, so that's why you'll see public performance 50-50, because your writer share goes directly to you. So they don't have to do the 75-25 because they're not touching your writer share. They're only focusing on the publisher share. Can probably a little bit abstract that I'm talking about this, but if you, again, look at some visuals um, that I have on Instagram, and I'm happy to, to kind of go over this more, but just understand that's why it'll, it won't say 75, 25, it will say 75-25. It will say 50-50. Now, the next one to look out for is sync, our favorite one, the glamorous one. When you get your song in TV or film, um, anytime it's synced to an audiovisual use, so you get your song in a movie. Now the sync fee, you would think it's, you know, you would think it would be 75, 25 because that's what, you know, your ownership split is, but they actually often take more because sync requires a lot more work. Um, and also a lot more money can be generated oftentimes with sync off these big fees, but mainly because uh, sync takes extra effort to pitch your song, to license your song, to negotiate. There's just a lot more that's kind of involved um, in the sync world. So instead of 75, 25, they might do a 70, 30 split. Um, you know, the, it, it really depends, meaning that instead of you getting 75%, you'll actually only get 70% and they'll get 30. So they'll get a little bit bump. Sometimes, um, it could be more, it could be 65, 35. So make sure that, um, you know, you understand exactly how much, uh, you're splitting for sync because, uh, yeah, when you, you know, sync uses can be a lot of money. They can be $10,000, $20,000, $40,000, 50000 depending on the use. They can be six figures, depending on the song and the use. It's, it's, you know, it can be a definitely a big chunk. So you wanna make sure that the splits aren't astronomical for that. And uh, there's different ways to go about it, but just know that usually a lot of publishing deals, the publisher will want a little bit more money on the split than um, the $7525. right. Now, last, the fourth one, this is kind of like a catch-all. It's just defined as other. They'll say something like, after mechanical, after public performance, after sync, the fourth one, all other income. Because, you know, in publishing, there's, especially internationally, there's so many different types of income. There's like mechanical um, performance type income that's literally like a hybrid of mechanical performance. There's broadcast mechanicals, There's um, print income can fall under that. Sometimes they'll have that separately, but print can fall under that. You know, digital lyric usage, um, products. Um, There's there's so many different ways your song can be used and there's so many ways in the future that we don't know yet of how people are gonna consume music. So if it doesn't fall under one of those main categories, they usually have like this catch all, which is called other. And that basically is also a 75-25 split. Um, because they, they treat it just, hey, just like the ownership of of that we have, you get 75, publisher gets 25, that's how they'll split that other. And this stuff isn't really that negotiable, especially the 75-25 part, because that literally defines how the song ownership is split. So it's, it's right to there. If there is a part that's negotiable, it's going to be the administration fee that they tag onto that. So those are different ways you can start thinking about Um, how it's split, but generally that's how it's outlined across the major income sources. All right. So that's royalties. Pretty straightforward. Just know that it breaks out the different income and, um, you know, read that, make sure you're okay with it, that there's nothing outside the norm there. All right. That there's no, you know, hidden fees or, you know, huge percentages being taken um, that you just don't understand. So if it's 75, 25, that's, that's very standard. Now, Moving on to the fifth point that I want to talk about today, and that goes down to the advances. Again, just like the record deal, you do get advances here, but because, um, you know, it's not an artist deal, they're not really going to put money behind things like marketing, promotions, publicity, touring, um, merchandise. Those are all handled by the record side. Video, that's the record label. Publishing, it's a lot more straightforward. I mean, they're going to basically give you... um. Usually just to just a lump sum up front, sometimes it's split between when you do the deal. So maybe they'll say, look, we're going to give you half your money when you basically sign the deal and the other half when you, you know, finish your delivery commitment we will we'll give you the other half. Um, it could be split up, you know, in a lot of different ways, but they don't really create different budgets for things to push these records because that's handled on the artist side. So it's a lot more straightforward often with publishing, Um, and it's usually based on your delivery. Now, but a lot of people just say, you know, cut me the full check up front because you want the entire advance there. And publishers, you know, I've seen publishers do that. Hey, here's your advance um, for the term, and that's it. Pretty straightforward. So you just have to, you know, understand when you're going to be getting paid that advance. And, um, you know, if you're okay with that, if it's enough money if it's going to fund you, now, the other thing to quickly think about when it comes to advances is the studio time and the studio costs. So in publishing deals, what can add up really quickly is say you're co-writing in a, in a studio and um, with other writers and they have to pay some of that studio cost, that'll be tagged on to your advance. Same thing with demos. If they have to pay for you to demo or you to record anything, any outside fees that they're gonna pay for basically will be tagged on to your advance. So say you got paid, you know, $100,000, right? This is your advance. And then maybe for a year, you go to songwriting camps. Maybe you rent a house. Maybe you go in a studio with a couple other writers. Um, You know, you record some some demos. You know, you hire maybe a mixer, uh, an engineer. Maybe you have to pay some studio things. And say over the course of that year, that costs $25,000 that you spent on just, you know, the crafting of your songwriting, well, that's gonna—they're gonna have to recoup that. That'll be added to your hundred thousand dollars. So you also want to be mindful of how much you know you're you're basically spending in these other costs, in any other out-of-pocket costs that the publisher is gonna help pay for you. Because look. The publisher is going to invest in you as a songwriter, so they will help. They'll they'll fund you beyond just that initial advance. They will provide resources and and money and access. But just know you got you have to pay that back. It's not they're, they're not doing it out of the kindness of their heart. Um, basically, you will be paying that money back. So before you you know just just be mindful. Um, obviously, this is why you get a publishing deal because they have great resources because they can fund things outside of your initial advance. Um, these are all pros. They're all good things that can happen in a deal, but you just don't want to like, you know, ra- ramp up the cost because you think it's on the house. No, you have to pay this back. So just make sure you're tracking that and all your expenses, you know, it could be even be travel fees. Say you fly for a, a songwriting session to like London, um, because you're working with some, some writers there and you're from the States. Um, and then, the publisher's like, Hey, this is a great opportunity. I think you'll, you guys will write some hits. We'll pay for your flight. We'll pay for your hotel. It's like, yeah, they'll pay for it, but you got to pay that back. All right. So just be really, really, really clear on exactly uh, your advance and how much you're spending. Just be careful there. I've seen people rack up some serious bills, and um, they're like, "Hey, I, I recoup my hundred grand." I'm like, "Yeah, man, you still have like fifty thousand dollars more to go." So, um, and that's you know, not not even that much. It can get a lot more when uh, you get much larger advances. So just some things. Now, also what you'll see very often in the way publishers pay advances is they usually carve out the legal fees too, and that's written in the contracts. So say you do a deal for a hundred grand, they'll probably say something like, hey, $95,000 is going to be paid to you. $5,000 will go to your lawyer. Um, That's spelled out. So and you still have to actually recoup the hundred grand, despite that $5,000 went to your lawyer. So you still have to recoup the full amount. So just to, to really understand exactly how much money you're getting, when you're getting it, are you getting it all up front? Are you getting it based on delivery? Are you getting it based on release? Um, is it coming based on the contract period? Um, those are all things you have to consider. And same same to a record deal. Um, I probably should have mentioned this at the top too, but there can be several options in a publishing deal as well. So say you you do a deal, maybe it's for a certain amount, like three songs for a year, and but they can have several options, like three, four, five different options that they can choose to do at the time. They they like the work you're doing. If you're you know becoming a bigger songwriter, they're like, look, let, let's extend, let's move on to the first option, the second option, the third one. Um, It's like a renewal of that term and each one will obviously give you another advance. So anytime there's an option, it's very common for an advance to come with it. Um, And that advance can be more. It could be escalated as well. So maybe you started off at the initial advance of 100. Maybe the second option would warrant 125,000, 150,000, 200,000. So you can work out different advances for different options because your term is extending. So and that 's at their liberty, so if you see you know i 'm doing a one year deal, but I have three options that 's on their terms, not yours you don 't have the right to extend an option it's it's they 're in control there so um you know that that 's just something to to kind of understand how options work in relation to the term in relation to the contract periods and the advances It, it all kind of works together, but that 's something you really should understand and uh know wholeheartedly because these are the different areas of the agreement that they, they do work together. And if you really want to get a clear picture, you have to really understand how they function. Um, and, you know, if this deal really is the right one for you and you're feeling good about it, you know, don't just take a deal based on, you know, hey, this is standard. It's like always make sure it's, you know, uh, Wendy Day has a great quote about this. She said, "You don't get what's fair; you get what you negotiate." And I love that; that's so true. Shout out to Wendy Day for that gem. Um, just, just so true. And if you're going to be a good negotiator, don't always leave it up to your lawyer. Don't always leave it up to your manager. You know what's right for you. And if you want to have great, educated, empowering conversations with your team. Um, you know, this is the stuff to know. This is the stuff to pay attention to. So songwriters really understand this because, you know, these deals can extend far beyond than you may expect. And uh, they, they just might be well beyond your expectations. And I guarantee as your career progresses, you start to get more interested about this stuff. I know it's really exciting to get that first check, to get that first advance, but Make sure it's right. Make sure it's enough money. Make sure this is the company you want to sign with. Make sure, you know, you're committed if you're doing a long-term deal that you're going to be just as committed and uh, all about it. Don't just get blinded by that big advance check. All right? That's the the best advice I can get. Negotiate hard always, always, always. Challenge everything. Negotiate as hard as you can and, um, you know, get, get everything you want, Okay. That being said, hopefully this gave you a good general overview of what the publishing terms are, what's really important to look out for, and a better understanding. Um, There's a really great book if you want to know more about publishing. It's by Steve Winogradsky, and it's just called Music Publishing. Um, You could just type it into Google. It'll pop up right away. It's super dry. It's super nerdy, but it goes really in-depth and probably the best book out there relating to music publishing. does a such a great job at defining this stuff. So definitely get that book if you're a songwriter and you want to know more in depth. He has like sample agreements, things, you know, he breaks down this stuff. Just great. Um, highly, highly recommend it. Go, in, go in and buy that book today. All right. That being said, thank you guys so much for listening as always. Uh, remember, go to paidinfoldpodcast.com if you uh, want to get in touch or get involved And also, if you haven't done so yet and you're listening to this through Apple Podcasts, rate the podcast. I would love to hear from you. Drop a comment. Give me a rating if you think this has been helpful and good. um, Give me five stars. You know what it is. But uh, if not, if you think I can improve, I would love to hear that as well. Um, Just anything, you know, feedback from you guys is always great. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The support is just tremendous. And I, I love doing this and will continue to do so as long as I can. All right. So that being said, as always, thank you again for listening. I will see you on the next episode.